Hey, it's BT, my episode of Tales from a Gemini, and my guest today is Hannah Rushline. 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 Again. Hannah Rushline. Comedian. This is we run it back. This is part two. And man, we do a deep dive, don't we? A little bit. We do a great we do like Jacques Cousteau deep dive. And I mean, I love this episode. Eat pray squirt. I really (laughs) (laughs) gotta keep this. Enjoy this episode (laughs) with Hannah. I'm All right, let's get it going. I, I love it when it's, this is like a prelude to like, something like that when you're kick off in high school, you know, and your state champion, two-way Tigers, you know, run out. Yes. It's BT, Tales from a Gemini, and we're running it back with, it's hard to say favorite because we hardly ever talk, you know, like I leave comments on your Instagram, but hardly ever talk. But, you know, I, I have a deep, uh, uh, I can't say affection. That sounds weird, doesn't it? No, affection, affection is nice. It's a it, nice it, word. You know, honestly, I'm not going to lie. That Me Too shit has got me all messed up in the game. Cause I I'd feel rather like, someone have affection than addiction to me. Y- yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to say that either. Like I said, that Me Too's got me all fucked up. Like, I feel weird saying anything remotely kind of like, hey, you look nice. Like, it's weird when women in comedy... And you say something like that, like, I think they, oh, God, I just feel weird saying shit like that. Like, when I see your Instagram and, like, you know, the one you pose in your bikini, I'm like, God damn it. I can't say shit because then it, if I feel like I'm being a creep. But I'm like, you're sitting there, I'm going, God damn it. You can do whatever. I mean, Dyke, as you know, like, he'll, on those kinds of pictures, he'll like it, but he refuses. He draws his own boundaries at, like, commenting. So he'll always give me support, but he lets me know, like, he only puts posts, like, comments on wholesome posts, which he considers. Yeah, I think I just got to do I think I got to start doing that, too, because I look at it, I go, oh, man. And I, man, I was like, man, should I just put, like, the, the hot emoji? And I go, eh, it's probably, and I was like, eh, I, I think I'm going to start doing that, too, and just going, just saying nothing. Well, I've gotten to the place now where I don't really require, I was never really posting for validation. It was more just like, I can. And so I did. And then however that makes people feel is on them and God. However, I have noticed, you know, now that I'm beginning to just continue to just climb, the the commentary is also shifting at all times, and I am getting to the place where already I have no problem turning off my comments. Like, I'll just post where you can't even see a likes count, you can't see a comment. I don't need that. I'm not motivated by numbers or that kind of interaction anymore. Cause I find that 90% of those interactions are very positive, but even the positive ones are kind of like flirty or whatever. So it just creates this sort of like a cesspool of energy that I don't necessarily want to facilitate or splash around in. Two things. One, I just love your vocabulary. I was watching the first one we did and I go, God damn it. You have such a, I never use the word facilitate in anything. I, I really don't. I, I, I've never, <laughs> I, I, I don't. I graduated college. I did all this stuff. I don't use the word facilitate. I have like about 10 words that I use in life and I'm like, God, I feel so stupid. And you use the word facilitate. Like it's like, like it's like it's saying, like me saying motherfucker. You know, it's like, it's just like part of the vocab. I was talking to one of the, like my, basically a, a child of my best friend that I consider like a niece and Marlo is approaching three years old. But I, I mean, I'll talk, I'm going to talk to you like I talk to you, sans cuss words. You know, if you're a child, so right. I was like using the words, like I was talking to her and I said something like, we have to utilize something. And then she's like mimicking. She's at that age. So she's like, utilize, 
you lies, you know, and just like saying all those things that I can just tell. I'm like, oh, I'm not, I know your mom speaks to you like an adult, but I don't think she's talking to a ton of others, and especially the ones using words like plethora just in, you know, the plane of day. See, there you go again. I love your vocabulary. I'm an English major. So like that's, that's that thing that since the beginning of this whole thing with comedy is, you know, I, uh, it could be pro it's profane often and, and different things as far as like what I'm talking about. But the verbiage, the lexicon, my ability to lexicon. There's, God damn it! There you go again. I, I've never used the word lexicon. It's I've such used a, a good word. It's too. a great word, lexicon. and you're using it. And I, I'm going. Damn it! I mean, if we were together, I'd be like, man, just you do the talking. You know what I mean? I just sit there, just ho hum. And I don't want to talk anymore. I'm getting to the place where now you have to like force words out of me, or I'll just be like, like, I mean, like for a, anything. And in, in what way though? Like, in, well, just I mean, also you know this. You know, the more it, it went from. You know, I'm approaching year seven for comedy. And when you first start, it's five to 10 minute sets at right. the most. Yeah. You know, and now I can run a proper hour. So it's like, that's a lot of burnout. And you and get so tired I, yes, talking. And you know me, I'm not, I'm not up there just like, how long have you guys been together? <laughs> you know, I'm cranking through autobiographical material, just trying to like say and do things, you know? So it's like, that's a, it's an active it's an active 60. Like watching me depending is like, feels like you're just like, I'm facilitating an orange theory class. You know? <laughs> there you go again. God damn it. There you go again with those words. But no, you do get to, well, like this. I'm comfortable now, like not saying anything. Like my favorite day is my travel day. If I'm on an airplane until I get to my destination, it's great because no one talks to me. And I love it. I mean, I'm, I'm Thanks. Your seatmates don't try to talk to you sometimes? No, it's That's good. It's great because especially, you know, I mean, no offense. They don't really say shit to me. You know, it's, it's awesome. You know, no one says a fucking word. It's great. Nothing but silence, all airplane. You know what I mean? No one says a damn word. And I love it. And that way, I always feel like the day of a show, if the less you talk, the better the show is going to be. Because you say that energy. It's almost like the old day. I don't know if you remember the days of when you did uh, radio. Like they pick you up early in the morning and you drive in this shitty ass, like, I don't know, like Dodge Neon, right? And where somebody's taking you to the radio station. And usually the person wants to talk, but if they don't, it's the greatest because what you do is you save the energy up till you get on air and then you bring it, it, it comes out with the energy. And I always try to do, to do the jokes that I did at open mic that aren't really in the set yet. Do those jokes on morning radio and it gives you the more confidence to do them on stage. And you say the energy up. See, if I was on morning radio, I would just not do any of my jokes so that they could, See, you know. Well, no, I, I'm with you. I, I only just mean because of the basically the subject material I have, which is why I have not so far really been on early morning radio, you know, because they just. But, you know, you I'm can't. I'm peppering pussy here sometimes, you know. Say it again, please. I'm peppering in <laughs> pussy here and there. You're peppering it. I like it's a heavy <laughs> bag. Like time, heavy yeah, time's bag. not linear to me. I don't care that you haven't had a cappuccino yet. Like, I'll say words that'll hurt your stomach <laughs> early. <laughs> but there's ways around that, though. There I mean, be. I always feel that if you could, if Louis C.K. could do that, the monologue he did on Saturday Night Live about the child molesting, man, that is a master class in comedy to me. That was a matter how he got away with what he did. Never cursed, never whatever, but he got away with that subject matter. And that's a perfect, and that's a perfect example of, you know, like what's dirty and what's not okay. You know, when they go, they want clean comedy. Okay. What's clean comedy and what's dirty? Because you, he didn't say one dirty word in that set, 
But would you do that set? And if, if well, for, for, okay, I'll put it in my perspective. You know, I'm mixed. So I, you know, I've been called since I was a child, a lot of like misguided slurs, mm -hmm. some that were Asian and some that were not even close, you know, right. even being half white, half Filipino. So I remember one time in Louisville, there were unexpectedly at one of the shows that I was going to do some children. And so, of course, it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, am I going to do? So I basically, you know, I was like, stay out of your bottom half try to you know just take all the curse words out but like i was just still talking about like who i am and i didn't think about it and then later some of the parents were leaving and one of them was like you know smiling at me a little bit and just like laughing and she was like well she's like uh you definitely did work you know clean which was like funny or whatever but she was like uh the kids all know the uh slurs now because I still said all the slurs. Like, you know, what, like, like what slurs is that? Like what? Well, the ones I was called, like gook and chink and spick and things like that. And they so knew though, but they knew them? I don't think, it, whether, I just didn't think about it being clean or unclean. So like what we consider, you know, yeah. things where it's like, yeah. oh yeah, I took all, all the, you know, the F words and yeah, the yeah, things yeah. like that. And I stopped yeah. talking about my girl gash. Right. However, there were still things that were, you know, that they found to be a little bit like off color. But I'm yeah. like, hey, that's also who and what I was called, cool. you know. So it's like when we even look at what people want as far as clean content, I find that it's, you know, it's still super subjective. Or the content period. I mean, that almost it almost goes into like critical race theory. And like that's the one time you see parents really wanting to parent. I feel like parents are lazy and they're like, hey, you teach this son of a bitch. And but critical race theory has made parents go, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you trying to teach my kid? You know what? The black people are even no <laughs> equal. <laughs> we won't be doing that. You know what I mean? Or tell or I call it the truth. You know, the, For sure. that's when they become parents and they go, no, you're not teaching them that. I'm like, really? This whole fucking time. So you'd rather your kid be lied to about history than been told the truth. And I mean, and we we I think we baby kids too much in a way on certain things. Kids can figure shit out. They really can. They I will mean, anyway. They will, but you know, I think we want to coddle them and like, hey man, a kid can look at some most kids can look at a situation and go, hmm, I don't want to be that. You know, like it's in certain environments kids grow up in whatever. I mean, for all practical purposes, growing up, LeBron James take away his basketball talent. So for all practical purposes, LeBron, LeBron James could have should have grown up to be a piece of shit or in the hood or whatever, doing whatever, doing whatever. He's one of the best people on on the planet for what he does. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you know, I, I don't get into basketball debate. I'm I hate not a that Bron shit. fan, but I'm not going to hate on him as far as his humanity because there's I, no yes. I mean, I, there's I, no I, real chinks in that armor. So like, I'm not. Yes. You know, that's foolish. But yeah, like what we're talking about. But I think it's also because no matter what you teach a person, no matter, there's still a feeling attached to anything that's happening, you know, when it comes up and out of someone. So yeah. I think a lot of times, like when kids feel things like, you know, me growing up, like I said, my dad's a pastor of a church. I was mixed Asian in a small town. So it's like, I just like, I didn't know exactly what I didn't want to be, but I just was like, oh, well, that still has a feeling attached to it that I do not like. And that doesn't sit well with me as a human. So I'd just like push off and away from those things instead mm -hmm. of being like, hmm. does, it, does that still affect you a little bit? Have you been able to shake it all the way off? I mean, like, you know, there's some things we feel like, okay, I'm done with that part of my life. But some things like sometimes I'll have like flashbacks of shit that was said or whatever. And you go and you can't really shake it. You know what I mean? Like, For sure. I mean, like, like what, what aspect, like what part? I mean, I'm still dealing with humans where, you know, talking about like parents or whatever. There's not even really any children at the shows that I'm doing. 
However, you know, the parents will still say things to me or, you know, based on like how things have made them feel Mm -hmm. like where a woman once was, you know, full white woman. And she was later talking to me and she's like, you're saying some slurs, but that aren't, you know, pertaining to you. And I was like, Susie, I was called those by like your fucking prick children on the playground. So I, you know, you don't have a leg to stand on, Whitey. (laughs) Like the second you're not something that I am, go away to me. Like I don't speak on queer issues. I don't talk about things that I'm not, but everything I am, I will. And I'd love for you to say something to me about it. And I'll happily tell you why and continue it probably because of your attitude. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? That's where we're at. I'm like, I'm 40. I'm not, this isn't a teachable moment for me. Yeah. You need to go home and figure some shit out. You know, know, it's like, in a way, I I think that the phrase I like best is like, you know what? Just sit down and, and take your listening to. I mean, basically, you know, take your talking to, take your talking to, because you really can't tell me something I don't really know. Like, you know, they're trying to, they, it's like they're trying to rewrite everything. Well, don't you think like, no, no. I mean, you're, you're trying to tell me this and it's like, no, I lived that. And plus I got years on you and I don't care where you grew up. I just don't think there's a place you grow up where it's so drastically different than another place. If you are so different, you know what I mean, and different. And when I say different and that, that can mean anything. Other. Yeah, other where you're like you know you're, you're maybe yeah, you're gay in, in this place or or you're you know like, Jewish or eight or whatever wherever you're at if you're different how they treat the majority I just feel the majority should step outside and have empathy for people who aren't like them in anything in life you should have empathy if you're the majority like it's like like there was a time when people people in wheelchairs we didn't give a fuck about people in wheelchairs I mean we didn't we had a president that was in a wheelchair he had to hide his disease I mean they didn't want to carry him they didn't have fucking ramp to go I gotta carry roly poly around here you know what I mean he's the fucking president and now Biden is slipping down the stairs on banana peels listen that's a whole whole different and by the way (laughs) how just like Let's go. Still a better choice than Trump. Listen, people are still talking Trump. You need to look at the other dude. Look at DeSantis. That dude is a straight Nazi. Oh, so DeSantis is scum of the earth. I do, but think about it is we want Trump gone. So if he leaves, then you're left with DeSantis. And I think Republicans are like, okay, we'll go with this guy. And I think right now they're deciding like, huh, okay, he is Trump is what, 80? Or is he 77? Between 77 and 80, right? He's old, okay? His lawyers just quit, too. He's toast. You, like, I, and as far as what I know of that kind of stuff, you know, like, like when your lawyers quit, that's not like a, that's not, like, they'll, they'll hold on to you even if you're guilty. That's just a money issue. So he's like, he never really had it. It's drying up even more. This whole thing, you know, he was hiding literal nuclear secrets in bathrooms at Mar-a-Lago. You're a tatard. <clears throat> Why, why would you hide? I mean, uh, but Chappelle made a great point. He goes, for a guy who doesn't supposedly read, why would you take documents home? Why would you take documents? And, and Because the- he likes to show things off. That's how he's always been. He just wants to make, I like what I got. <laughs> and you're like, that's four inches. <laughs> Max, you suck. <laughs> I mean, what do you want me to say? Pull it out. Let's see it. What do you got? Show me your foreign policy and your pencil dick. Just kidding. I don't need to see either of them. I can see it in your stupid eyes. Him, DeSantis, all of them. I just did almost two weeks in Austin, Texas, and I thought about killing myself.
I wanted to, I was going to get to that, but fuck, now Texas we're there. Texas is Taco, Indiana. <laughs> is that what you said? Texas is Taco, Indiana. That's all it is. I, like I mean, that. I think that every year, Pence and Abbott just butt fuck at the RNC and decide what <laughs> library books to ban and what don't say gay laws they want. So good on them, losers. I wasn't ready for that we one. We coming for you. I wasn't ready for that. You know what that's like? Never are. It's like the when the two boxers go like this to the handshake and you bam. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's what we're doing now. Okay. That's what you just did me. I wasn't ready for that. They're no, gonna butt I mean, fuck. Who that's is? great. They Austin wasn't ready for those jokes. <laughs> They're like, oh, Texas is Taco, Indiana. For That's sure. great. Same politics. And honestly, I only went to Austin because I'm vaguely suicidal and I was trying to outsource that bullet. <laughs> I was like, if I do three spicy abortion bits in a row, I can rile up a trigger happy incel to just give me the JFK moment I've desired since I was a child. How Blow did- my head off on the stage at Mothership so Joe Rogan has to take my brain matter off of his t-shirt later. How'd you set to go down there, by the way? Hit or miss. Really? But I came out. That's the nice thing about those kinds of sets is, you know, I probably did 12 to 14 shows. I was able to, like, run the gamut of what that city can offer comedy-wise. I did a, the Mike at Mothership. I did Vulcan, Creek in the Cave. How'd you do? Sunset Strip. On and off on all of them, but it's because I'm on as myself at all times. And as we know, you know, not everyone is... Uh, Feeling the same about all different kind of things, and when I'll go in there and legitimately just well, and that's what I want to talk to you about is that like you don't post, you only po- I've only seen oh one you're not going to see you- my jokes yeah I, I've only seen like one like one thing you posted and that was at the Laugh Factory. Other than that, it's like almost like a mystery now. And like they I post that I don't yeah. post that I just yeah. like accept the collaboration. Yeah, that isn't on me, you know. And I that is a that's a choice. I'll say that. You know, I'm seven years, like I said, coming into seven years in comedy. It's my only job now. Uh, you know, I've got an album coming out with a reputable label. That what's, what's it called? What's it called? Asian American Psycho. I like that. Thanks. I like that. It's my origin story of growing up a mixed child of the corn here in this state. And you know what that looks like and, and felt like and all of those different things. But, you know, with that said, I... I, I hear all the time and a lot of it's just screaming in my own brain, which is like, hey, you got to post, you got to post, you got to post. Because now I'm in that what feels like an, an, a bottomless middle tier of comedy where I'm still unmanaged and I have to, you know, a lot, I'm competing for like club, trying to get club headlining gigs at Funny Bones and places. But with people like against like Stavi and Sam Marill, where it's like, oh, what the fuck? Not only are they having management. But they also have these like vibrant online followings of like videos, constant posting, that whole thing, you know, and I understand that that's a benefit Mm -hmm. and it can really help. You know, if you look at the helium lineups here in town, it's like one out of every four is a TikToker that didn't even do comedy, but now does. So it's like you're literally competing with just like audience. But I recognize I'm not competing anymore. I'm simply coming to the office. So like you can't draw me into any kind of speed traps in a place where I know that as long as I want to do comedy at this level, I will. So like, why? You know, and I even recognize with posting, it's just like, I'm already getting a lot of batshit loony attention just from being the human I am. Yeah. So posting just opens me up to all kinds of extra, everything from like, you know, six positive posts that, you know, comments on things and being like very uplifting, but then also just like, the negative ones too. And I don't necessarily need that. I have beneficial mental health. I'm like working on things. So like to come in and swim with everybody 
online that's just like throwing out their little feelings and the things they're not working on and just projecting and what are some of the negative things people are saying anything i mean anything from just stuff being unfunny you know to me being like an ugly person etc you know there's all those just types of things and it's a-okay for anyone to feel that way i just don't need to feel that way over you know something hopefully going viral yeah, I mean, listen. look what look at everything I did without having that presence. Yeah. Sorry, but I'm signed to a label. Yeah. I have a full fledged comedy career and no one knows anything about my material. But that's the coolest part is that it forces humans also to come and see me. Yeah. So now I sell out shows at home when I want and I'm able to do all kinds of things because nobody knows what I'm about to do. So go ahead and do your crowd work clips. It's awesome. You guys look rad. It's so hilarious what you guys are doing. <laughs> oh, my God. Please let me be relevant online, God, please. Well, I, saw- I know my job's not online, but I hope. <laughs> like, I saw you in a picture with you and uh, I think it was, is it Carrie? Uh, Karen Feehan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, did you guys get along? For sure we do. Okay, I, I didn't know. I could, t- you know, I looked at the pictures and sometimes you can't tell. You know what I mean? Like, I, so I didn't know how, the, how Just you Just two guys- alphas hanging around. I, that, that's why. With I- a bunch of beta cucks. <laughs> that's the boys. That's the boys. Like groupies? That's you. No, the boys in comedy. Most of them are just like little betas running around just <laughs> unaware and. It's all fine and dandy. So yeah, Karen and I have nothing but love. Follow Karen Feehan. She's fucking awesome. No, too. I do. I follow her and every, I, I, you know, it's like, you know, it's almost back to the beginning. You know, when I see her clips or whatever, it reminds me of like the you know, pictures you post. And I just want to know like, you know, how does she navigate through that? Now, all you guys, how you navigate through that, that sea of, I know you're going to get your creepers. I know you're going to get your comments. And you go, holy, or the DMs. What goes through your DMs that we don't see? Nothing. No, nobody DMs you like she, yeah right I'm everything but no, I mean she, it comes it, to me and then I just any dick pics not really I mean just asking I don't know. no it's just more people like shouting out their undying affection in ways that makes me feel like I'm gonna make it and also have people in my bushes watching me <laughs> like every day I get a message where I'm like oh you're here look around because somebody's out there looking at you uh oh <laughs> You know, and that's the thing. Like, I've been on, even not posting any of my own clips, I've been able to be on things like Hannah Burner's videos that have 20 million TikTok views. So it's mm-hmm. like, people know me. Like, whether I want to, whether I want to introduce myself to the world or not, like, there's just an undeniable quality attached to certain people. And I don't care how cunty this sounds to say it. I've had it. Well, you don't, yeah, but you don't. I mean, it's almost like no filter on you. But that's the great thing. At all. Like, you'll get honesty where you go when, when I ask you a question I have no doubt that the answer I'm going to get is uh, it's not going to be bullshit it's not going to be filtered it's going to be the 100% like that's you I mean there you know what I mean and that but that's what I want though and I told everyone I you know I've talked about this also it's just like I'm I want people to to enjoy you know and interact with me but I also do comedy for me like, I don't ever sit down and write and be like, oh, I wonder what, here's, oh, we can make this funny for everyone. Something makes me laugh, and then I say it. And then it might make some of you laugh, and it might not, but I don't care. Mm-hmm. This wasn't about you. Thanks for being there. It's awesome. But I've already, like, read, and I know stuff, so it's like I'm already, you know, there's, like, there's this 
I don't even remember what it was in regards to, but I read something recently where they were talking just about people's like favor or like how, how they will respond to something that you say, Mm -hmm. whether it's comedic or not comedic. And it was basically saying something to the effects of like people, only a 50% of people that you talk to about anything, even conversationally are going to feel the way you feel about that situation. So that's even before you do comedy on top of it. We're talking about just me and you talking and person to person, even right. you and another black person, yeah. me and another mixed person. Half of the time, we're not seeing or thinking eye to eye on it. So if I already know that, and then you're going to tell me on stage to go ahead and take a divided room off top before I even say anything, just on who people are, yeah. and then I'm going to like cater to the nuances of your sense of humor, you're batshit. Because I don't even think people have a good sense of humor. I talk to most people. I'm aware. You're not funny. You don't even know what funny is. You're not even loose enough in your own self to laugh at things or to allow things to just be heard and pass through and by you. So, hmm, not for me. Not today. So, okay, so do you think, now that it's that new hot place, do you think the crowds in Austin are better than people in Indiana? Not really. really? I found them just as wishy-washy. Really? Everyone's like, Austin is weird and queer. And I was like, where? Still looks like that group doesn't even want to laugh at anything either. Really? Yeah. Because I, I've always said that. I always said, like, Indiana, that's where jokes go to die. I mean, because I, like, I see the big names come through helium, and I go, that joke should have got a bigger laugh than that, or this person, this show should be sold out, and it's not. When I saw Brian Regan here getting ready for his special that he shot, the one at Red Rocks, and, and granted, it was during the COVID time, and uh, uh, a gig of his uh, didn't uh, it was canceled in in Ohio? He last minute they had helium on a Friday night. Is this like two years ago? Yeah, I guest spotted. Regan gave me a guest spot, and he never gives people guest spots. No offense, I don't remember. It, it has to be in a Saturday because the Friday night it was two old dudes, two old white guys. It was only one show that oh, I did a guest okay. on, and I think it was probably like the Sunday that he had okay. on the weekend. This was a Friday. I, I remember a specific. It was a Friday, and and uh, he did it, and I just remember it was sparsely packed and i just remember this couple was making out and they kicked him out and and, and it this was, is brian regan we're brian regan i'm going and as far as even working clean he's the literal standard aside from people like bargazzi gaffigan jim yeah, yeah i was like yeah you know as i mean so that's what we're talking about though if brian regan clean Talking about salt of the earth things yes. can come into whack ass Indiana at times and still have a tepid crowd. You think I'm gonna come up there and really be? I'm not saying committed to y'all, but if I know that that's how this is overall feeling, right. I'm just gonna shoot my shots and see who's like, yeah, we like that player. Because otherwise, like, it's cool. Yeah. Plus, I also know, and anyone that's doing comedy or anything like this, you need to really kind of like scale your your mindset down. It's like, yeah, we're talking about like not posting things online where it could get a viral following. But I've also seen what I can do with 5,000 or less people online mm-hmm. and create a perfectly viable career for myself. So like what, you know, I found myself like looking in the mirror the other day and just like messing around online after and, and something in my brain just goes, buddy. How many people need to know who you are for you to feel good? And I just in that moment, I was like, no more, no less than I already have right now. So maybe let's just let's like work. But I mean, are you good? I mean, and maybe it was a joke, but I, it didn't 
go past me and we talk about you've been suicidal. Was that like a joke or you have? Are you oh, I battle mental? mental health. I see a therapist once a week. Does it and help you? Yeah, for sure. And I pray to literal God and I meditate an hour a day and I move my body around and I still manage to only break even on my emotions on a day-to-day basis half the time. Even, you know, I've, I said on stage the other day, I was like, I honestly, I was like, don't let this sleek Asian case and smile fool you. I was like, be gentle with your mentals. It's Toontown outside. It does not feel good. Everything is an attack on our like logical senses and like our inner human. So it's like, <clears throat> whatever. But I just am like, I'm committed to continuing to let people know I'm going to like move that around this darkness inside, but I'm also not going to shy away from it. Sorry if this, the word suicide hurts your stomach. Sorry if people don't like to talk about addiction. Sorry if you don't want to be here or there, but a bunch of people are. And even the ones not talking about it are thinking about it, you know? And then what gets you there? I mean, what, what is the part, the hard part to get over or what's, what's the dark part that you have to work on to get you out of that? I mean, you know, I'll go first. I always like to me, it's like, I always feel like, ah, I'm not where I want to be, you know, career wise or whatever. And it's like, fuck. And I look, you know, everything. And I go, fuck. And then, you know, I always go back to, for some reason, I think it's just innate me. It's innate is always go. It's positive. It's always I get a little bit dark and it's always, I just bring myself back to something Same. positive. And that's a, that's a huge thing. Even psychologically, if you, if you read like books on the brain and different things like always, that. And, always, always. And attitude, same. You know, most of life is just like all of the human emotions will be felt by a human. You know, you want to like repress anger, you want to repress any of these like guilt, shame, etc. There still will come up within you. But I found that, you know, like from, from a lot of the studying that I've done and just being able to like access resources and people that have, um, you know, just been living at a high level, but with an honesty, you know, and just being like, Hey, I am dark, but I am light, you know? And a lot of that is just like the idea of moving yourself up a click on the emotional spectrum. So it's like, Oh yeah. Any of those ugly things like waking up and being like, Oh, what a bummer. You know, it's easy as like when I get online and I just like, suddenly drop into anything from like calendar comparison to xyz things of like not doing enough you know it's easy to be there but like be there but just for a second and then allow yourself to just come up a a click like we're talking so you know usually for me I can move out of a negative emotion by doing a simple gratitude inventory so like just going okay yeah I'm not where I want to be potentially but I am somewhere so like once you can take that and just go huh okay yeah, that is kind of, huh. I wonder why I don't have that yet. Or I do want that. And I want to move towards that. Sit in the, sit in the, hmm, of it, but just also then look at what you do have so you can balance and move that thing up a little bit. Right. You know, I always find re- reading help. Like you said, so you just said that I was like, bingo. Cause I don't know which book it is. Like I read a lot of books on that. The books that always helped me. It's always been the secret. I don't care what anybody says. Secret always has always helped me. I, you know, people laugh, whatever, but I go back to the Whenever I feel I get, I'm getting off in life and I'm getting a little negative. I go back to the secret because it's easy. And I remember those quotes and it's like, yes, that. And then it came with another book called be present. And sometimes I go down that rabbit hole and it's that little thing you said. Okay. Like, Hey man, what are you happy about? And then, you know, look, you got a, you got a house, you got a roof over your head, you got this and that, like, boom, okay. And sometimes that might be all you have, literally one thing, but you got to put your mind there because you alive. got it and yeah. you're there. Yeah. And, you know, that's something as having a 15-year alcohol problem, 
that, you know, in my past that now I'm approaching fifth, my fifth year sober from Congratulations. booze. Congratulations. Yeah. But it's like, people were always like, well, what, a, what advice do you have there? And I'm like, well, frankly, I know I talk about suicide a lot or make those little jokes, but the only reason that I'm able to continue to do anything that I'm doing right now is because I left the light on. So that's it. Sometimes people have to recognize too, like, you know, time isn't linear and life is unfair. If you read Buddhist stuff, it's suffering. You know, it's impermanence. It's everything changing all of the time. Things will die. Things are, you know, here and then not. And it's our clinging and clutching to, you know, a reality that is not reality that is keeping a lot of people spun out. If you just sit in moment in mindfulness and, you know, understand what you have and where you are, that's really the only like true key. But it's so hard for some people. And I understand that. It's hard for me. Like the guy that just drove in the truck. I don't know this guy, but I'm imagining that guy's going to go home to his life. And I'm imagining he's got a, maybe a wife and a kid or somebody at home. And maybe he's got a kid and they're so busy doing what they got to do that they don't have time to go. Get, get a moment of silence to themselves and go, okay, you know, like, what am I grateful for? What is that? You know, like they don't have that. I feel like as a comics, we have that luxury to where we, now we, ha- we can still ourselves, at least for me, you know. Same. No music, no anything. Just wake up, be silent. I barely watch be TV. Unless it's sports. I barely listen to podcasts. I barely do any of those things where, you unless know. It's and mine. It, unless it's mine. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. You. Of course. Yeah, of course. But you but that's no, there's, a, there's a method to that madness for me where it's like it, it's what you're talking about. Not a, hardly anyone can like sit quietly. Not anymore. If you want to know who the real adults are, just look at the people who can just get quiet. Like, I know it sounds wild, but like I remember like I probably had a four to six hour drive somewhere in the past like year or two. And I recognized when I got there, I had not turned anything on. I had driven in complete silence for like six hours. And I told that to a friend later and Dyke was like, oh, that's a mark of a psycho. And I was like, no, that's a mark of a peaceful person. Yes, because we think we need this this white noise that's clutter. And if you just sit in silence, just sit inside and think, don't go on your phone. Just think you'd be surprised what the brain does and how and how it affects you. Like right, like right now. Okay, like I, I take these things, these mushrooms, right? I mean, they're, they're they're legal. This shit, you know, they're gummies. I take those, and I take these this uh, other thing called Primal Harvest for my uh, focus, or whatever. Okay. And right now, I feel so present. It's weird. Like I feel so present with you now. Everything you're saying, it's a weird kind of like I'm so here in the moment now, without being you sounding all metaphysical and shit like that. But and when you said. Something about the Buddhist thing. I want to know, is that the religion or whatever that you go to or you, or I'm saying cling to, but is that where you go to? I'm in a grab bag. I, I, God is all. So to be like, oh, well, the Tao is right. Presbyterianism is right. Atheism is right. God is also in the atheist position. God is, God made the atheist. So like, it's like, hey, God is all. So I've kind of gotten into this place where I grew up heavily religious. You know, maybe we talked about that before. My dad is still a pastor of a church, you know, who the last election cycle, they voted for Trump. You know, this is like, this is Indiana. This is, uh, this is, you know, they're, they're anti-abortion. It's a lot of different things. And and now it's, you know, it's all fine and dandy, but you know, I, that's why I moved to Chicago. I'm like, hey, I'm a stoner slut. I'm almost 40 years old. I can't have a government address somewhere where I can't legally and easily buy pre-rolls and plan B. 
That's why people in Austin were like, hey, do you want to move here to Texas? I was like, you couldn't give me enough fucking stage time for me to come over here to the same thing I left. What, you've got the Alamo? Whoopty fucking doodah. You know, if ever I have trouble... Rogan and them don't even make me laugh when they're doing their regular jokes. You think I'm going to fucking bend over backward to get on a stage called Fat Boy? You're stupid. (laughs) Sorry, I'm where the adults do comedy, which is (laughs) Chicago and New York and potentially L.A. Do do you like those stages in uh, New York? Heck yeah, you do. Because if you're doing real-ass comedy, that's where the real-ass comics are. Yeah. I mean, Or on the road, you know, but the point is, either way, I'm not, you know, like I said, I'm... I'm thankful for the Austin Stage Jam I got. It was plentiful. I look forward to going back, you know, every two to three months. It's just like, it felt so, to me, literally, that's like, there's nothing, like I said, comedically that could be offered because of what politically is happening there. So you don't think it's that pocket of liberalism that they so-called say? They think it is. I mean, look. To, it can be a little bit. There's to, liberals everywhere. Uh, but yeah, but okay, but to you, what is a liberal? I mean, I, I almost laugh at it now because I'm like, if there was really liberals out there, then I'd have reparations already. If I get really, it. Nobody, actually, nobody, all the words are legitimately the most meaningless they've ever been. Meaningless. That's the reason I'm also getting very quiet anymore. Because I recognize, like, not only do I not want to talk. Yeah. But even the words that are being spoken at any time, every single person has a different grasp on what that is. Words are being yielded anymore as like weapons. And I'm not here for that. I want to use words to communicate with others, to be able to express things like love and joy and peace. However, you know, a lot of people are just simply using words as bullets, words as armor, words as triggers, words as instigation. And I will not you know, indulge. Well, words always are used to communicate and no matter what. I mean, like you want to go with the love and there's people that, you know, the words you use, some people use them for hate. Some people, it's hoarding how, who's talking, how they're, how they're using them. You know what I mean? Certainly. That, yeah. So it, I'm at a place now, I don't even know what I believe in anymore at all. I mean, t- I mean, I really don't because I, I feel like I'm so, that's why, you know, it really makes me go, wow, with people who really believe in shit. Like, like you know, I, I feel like I'm so jaded that when somebody actually believes something, I go, really? I mean, I go, are you serious? Like, you know, I'm like, it, 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 I'm just, I feel I'm jaded in everything in life. And that's okay. Everything in life. I'm like, man, you don't fucking believe in it. And, and like when somebody follows a, a politician, I go, Really, you believe in this motherfucker? I mean, you really do. Like, I, I really don't. I don't, I just, like I said, with the liberalism and and I struggle with the, it's not so much faith I struggle with. It's, I think it's the organization of religion, but it's like, and I fight that all. But every time I do, something happens that go, I go, okay. You know, like, and I was, I'm talking dead, 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 dead broke. I'm at home, so I'm laying on the bed trying to go to sleep because when you're broke, you're... Of course. So I get a phone call from McComas and he goes, hey, man, listen, I threw my back out. I'm supposed to do this gig tonight. Can you do it for me? I go, yeah. So I earned some money that night. And it was at a, it was a swingers club. I mean, that's like, yes. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, I, you couldn't get any more me than... What a dream. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I, are, you, are you serious? I did a short at swingers club, got money, and those are my people. And it's great because no matter what you say, you're not going to offend them until you ask them like what you did for a living. And they're like, whoa. You know, like... That, for that, sure. That's the most evasive thing you can ask a swinger. But other than that, yeah. So it's like there's something out there that hears me. But I also think it's universe. And maybe... And I heard this, and this is a weird one. I heard that when Jimmy Carter was president, you know, once he became president, they took him back in that room, whatever, and they, you know, tell you the truth. And the rumor was, I don't know if you heard this, the rumor was that they told him that aliens came down. Aliens actually invented religion because they wanted 
humankind to get along with each other. And we see how that worked out. And they say when Jimmy Carter heard that, he cried like a little bitch. I mean, seriously, that's what they said. They said, well, he didn't cry like, they didn't say cry like a little bitch. Well, but and now we know that sobbed. for sure aliens are real. Like that's all been like declassified now to the point where I'm like, hey, we don't got to go into it. We don't have enough time. And I don't even like being in those rabbit holes. In fact, when people like you're talking are very into something, I'm usually like, well, okay, I want to go ahead and see myself out of here. Uh, it was really good to see you again, Susie. Like I said, uh, Wow, lizard people, neato. Okay, uh, so 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 whoa, it was, it was but, aliens that scared you, know. you, but not the like the, the pictures of me going. Should I comment on those? Let me say bits? this to you though. You know, when I was thinking about God, one of the most insightful things that I've had and you know flash into my mind in the past several years that I have been getting back into religion, so to speak, as far as just the the acknowledgement of something bigger the understanding of like reverence towards that that figure or that energy and what what place that can have in my own life i have gotten to the place where i i recently was thinking you know about god and i thought hannah in your 40 years basically of chewing on god the only thing that ever upset me this whole time about it was man's interpretation of God. I recognized I had just this little moment. I was like, oh, God, God, God itself never made me feel anything but like seen, safe, and supported. However, the interpretations of man on God, wow, I found since I was a little kid, that didn't make my stomach feel good. There were things that even my own dad said that love him to death, and I know he loves God also, but that I thought, you know, that's cool, dad, but you're serving God to me as blueberry pie. And I know God to be the flavor, the pie pan and the fucking rest of it. So that's fine. And I'm getting to that place anymore as a person who is concerned with love and those types of like leads as far as like who and how I want to be. So, you know, like I even told my dad, I told him those similar types of things where I was like, yeah, that's you know, so interesting. Love God on your terms, but no moss is a person going to tell me how to feel about God. I am a God-inspired, created being. I will chew on that with myself. And if I want to go out into community, into church services, I still do that sometimes. I still have like these little things where I'll like go in and plug in. But the second it feels like that plug in is making God fritzy to me, I'm out of there. Cause like when I think about God on a day to day basis and nobody else is talking to me about it, I feel fine. I feel empowered. I pray and I watch things happen that day. So if you're acting like, yeah, whatever, maybe it's a coincidence. That's cool. But I'm going to have a life full of coincidence and blessing. And you're just going to sit here and be upset because your uncle Mike told you God was one thing and you know, you didn't chew on it, read about it, think about it quietly to yourself. That is interesting in that, I mean, that, that's almost life-changing to me. And it's for weird. Sure. It and it's weird me, because I've ne I never thought of it that way. It's made the interpretation. I never want to love God, dude. It was just like, y'all made it really hard for me to love God by making it what you needed to be. And that's what I realized God also is, is, is for what you need it to be. But the second you start making that, you know taking God and pushing that into our legislation or making, making Jesus this white, making else. all the pictures oh, of Jesus of white. Like that's wild. Yeah. 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 That's I, wild. You know, I even told dad, I remember during election season, you know, we were having a little bit of a, you know, feeling about like Biden and Trump and things. And I had to like, look at him and be like, homie, 
you have to understand, even for me, like Biden winning is answered prayer. <laughs> so like it doesn't matter what you prayed for and what I prayed for, but it clearly went into the same pool and something got pushed out on the other side. So is that not also God? You know, and there are things where I'll, we can make it bigger. Oh, we can make it bigger because I like I've read. I'm I'm now where all I want to do is read. I've got like two books on my person at any given time. What are you reading now? Uh, what am I in right now? I'm in a book called like Angel Detox. I have a book by Wayne Dyer called Your Erroneous Zones, which is just kind of like just little things like. But in general, what I mean by that is I've read probably 100 books in the past two and a half years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So while you're over there just watching Ozark for the third you know, time in a cycle, I'm saying it's not bad TV, but you could really just chew on some other things. So, you know, get quiet. And even when you read, like that's the beautiful thing about reading. You have to do the interpreting there. So like even if it's hard, because it is, and I'll sit and like read things and I'll have to reread them and reread yes. them and I'll be like, ugh. But guess what? Maybe about the third time something in you is like, all right, I get it. Or I get it for what it means to me. If you're watching television, they're already selling you something. There is no learning to be done watching people sell you something. You know, all of television right now, that's just like pushing products, everything pushing this, yeah. pushing a certain star, pushing a certain agenda. So like, you don't have to do any thinking. You're just going, huh? Well, was that entertaining or not? Did I like that or not? Was that funny or not? But did you like learn anything? Do you leave shows going, whoa, whoa? Maybe every now and then, I'm not saying I haven't heard a banger line delivered on programming that I was like, whoa. But all the moments I have where I'm like, oh shit. It's quiet or it's coming out of books. And that's like been the beautiful thing about reading across all the religions is I was able to be like, oh, that's actually like, okay, that's coming from this Hindu tradition in the Bhagavad Gita, but that verse there sounds like the exact same verse that's over here in the Bible. So it's like, I've been able to like look at things and be like, oh, there are still certain things with religion that across the board are kind of the noble truths, like all the religions. Don't kill anyone. Don't steal from others. You know, those like golden rules. Those are unchangeable, unwavering, unflappable sorts of things. But like all the others, little things, like, well, we got to pray to God like this. Bitch, not even everyone speaking English. No, you don't. But how is like, how is there not like, uh, is it, there's no do not rape? All of that. But there is no. Do not rape. Well, that's what we're talking about, though. But that's because these are just interpretations of things right. put out by human beings. Things can't be fully comprehensive. And not only that, people, you know, only write what they want to write with whatever message and intention that they have behind it. You know, religion, whether it came from the aliens or man, was meant for some sort of like behavior modification and control. The seeking of God, absolutely not. That's yours, and you can do it without another person. You know, that was like that shit when I remember, like, like let's say Catholic Catholicism. Ugh. No, and no, you know, we know. can we'll I take know. the little boy touching and all of it out, and I'll just we'll get it right back to certain things. But yeah. like even the idea of a priest, where people are like, well, we want to pray to God, we want to ask for help, but I have to like tell that dude, no, you don't. Throw it up. God's already in you. A lot of prayer is just meant to be interior. It's just like a state of feeling inside, like an offering. 
You know, like it's just different. Maybe like, you should start it. Maybe you should start something like a little like what a, a church, so I can have a you know. Well, maybe I mean, right I, next to dad's what? just a no, 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 don't do that. But no, but because I think people would your message right now would resonate more. And no offense to your father, I don't know him. No offense to him, but I think it resonate more with how society is now it because is. what you're saying. What, I wouldn't go, but it, I think your your average person, especially a younger person, would because it speaks to you. It's like what you're saying is, yeah, listen, this book right here, and this, whoever wrote it, whatever, whatever, what you're saying makes sense. Yeah. It, it makes total sense, and and I think it would resonate more than somebody come out with that traditional Bible and open it up, and it says here that you, no, I, I think that's and the so beautiful old school. Thing is now I have my mind can pick and pull like in conversation. I'm known to quote scripture from any of those types of books, you know? So, but it's not like I'm preaching the gospel. It's like, <laughs> Hey, I'm just like telling you yeah. what is said about that here and what that's, what's said about that over here. But I'm not the only one thinking that way, but it's, it's definitely a new wave. Like I, I've been talking about God like this as I've been chewing on God like this for the past few years, you know, cause a Bible verse that I do like, uh, is out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. So it's kind of like whatever's here will come out here anyway. And I've just found that, you know, I'm chewing up on so much like brain stuff, religious stuff that like even on stage, my jokes, like the way I'm talking, this stuff comes out and people are, whoa, that's, huh? Yeah. You know, but that's where my heart is. Like I told dad, I said, dad, you can believe, like I said, in God, however you want. And I believe that, you know, there's a million ways to inherit the kingdom. But that's what I'm saying. There's a million ways to inherit the kingdom. So if you're going to get very like particular and give me God in a leather jacket and that doesn't fit everyone, well, I'm going to say God is bigger to the ones that need to not have a jacket on at all. I'm going to be able to be, I want to be one of those people, Dad. I was like that kind of just like keeps their foot in the door for people a little bit, like leaves that light on to say, hey, I know the way you felt about this the whole time, but I can say a couple quick things to you. And I just think you should consider them because that's all that. And this is this. So, I love you know, but Rain Wilson just put out a book called like Super Bloom or Super God or something like that, where he basically has like written a book about his own personal religion and ethos now. And it's all about he's taken like the best parts of all the different religions and like, like assembled he, it into like the Avengers squad. But like, I'm, I'm here for that. Like uh, he Frankenstein it basically. The second I saw that book come out, I was like, oh. Parallel thought, yeah. you know, and that's good. But I think people are recognizing that like we have to in a, in a time where we're watching things like, like, you know, in our global inferno kind of burn right before our very eyes. It's like, <laughs> Hey, I feel like I feel relief from God. So I'm going to be able to like, look at the people I love that are hurting and, you know, floundering and scared and anxious, mm. just like me and go, Hey, yeah, that is a lot. With However, the, I've thrown some things into the hands of what seems like all over here. And now I feel pretty even Stevens the majority of the time. You know, I even told dad, I was like, I don't even care the way I pray anymore. I just throw things out and I'm like, hey, help. Because like that's it's I this is too much. And I find that the majority of time it gets worked out. If you just I mean, I I learned about just throwing it out to the universe period when I was in, when I was wrestling in high school. And going to college wrestling was my biggest goal. I mean, that's what I wanted more than anything. I remember we took a practice break, and I was telling my buddy, I go, you know what? 
I don't think I want to wrestle in college anymore. It was just a tough practice. And I'd be damned. Five minutes later, I messed my knee up and I was out for half the season. And that's when I learned, man, you got to be careful what you throw out to the universe. At all. And how you look at the universe or God or faith or whatever it is. To me, it's one and the same because God is universe. Or it's that's what your what your belief is. I mean, it is the universe. The universe is everything, right? Everything. So I have no problem saying that. And I feel better sometimes saying that. And even if we take God out and we just make this about science, it's infinite. It's so it's like in that infinity. Uh, It's like every combination under the sun that you've thought about and not thought about alone exists in potential. You know, and so like as I'm now getting a little bit older and just like looking at everybody also where I'm I'm like, oh, the less I know, the more I know. But like you said, you can read. And it's amazing how that the people are, who are under attack now, at least in schools, are librarians. Of course. Of all the people, the librarian. I mean, if you had a school shooter and a librarian to stand at the same door, you'd arrest the librarian before you were the school shooter. I mean, that's, that's Florida's philosophy right now. No, oh, I know. I even made a joke in Texas about a little bit beyond. What did you say? What was the joke? I just basically was like, I was talking about... Uh, it's like, I have no desire to be a teacher. I understand how, like, tough that job is now. Almost, like, ridiculous. Like, when a parent can, like, throw a fit in Florida and get an Amanda Gorman poem, you know, about yeah. peace, <laughs> banned a single person. Like, that's loony. Like, there's no way I want to participate in that. But I was like, I was like, I also, though, want to actually protect your kids. I was like, so I might start teaching just so I can, you know, play Call of Duty incel hunter. I was like, if the police force aren't going to walk into a building, well, some of us are going to have to actually take some action. Yeah. Keep your thin blue line outside of the door. You're not helping. I had to go over. Bye. Well, who knows? <laughs> Three people laugh per usual. But that's the beautiful thing. Like we were talking, don't worry about the numbers game of anything. Yeah. I've been in this like now, you know, you, however long you've been doing it. Me for approaching seven. And let's just say you're only making three real fans at a time. If you're on stage enough and you stick it out long enough, like that's a that's a small theater tour, like in five. But if you're speaking your truth, I mean, because I mean, the way it comes off, I really think no matter who it is, they can tell when somebody's you know fibbing it or flubbing. Like ah, they're just saying things trying to be funny, and they're going, no, this motherfucker really believes in what they're saying, and I think that makes a big difference. You know what I mean? I I think that makes a that's the beauty of it because I don't care who you are. You can sit there and watch somebody tell a joke, and ah, they're just saying it to say it. Then they're going, no, that person believes in what they're saying it because the way they're saying it. And I think and that's why when it comes to any art form, of all the art forms, standard comedy to me is still the best of all of them because I look at us as a special forces of the entertainment. Supreme. I mean, it really is because all the other ones, like think about it, no matter what you talk about, if you put it in the music, put the words behind it. I mean, they, they talk about, you know, uh, the, 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 uh, not incest, but uh, uh, statutory. And how many songs, like Christine 16 by Kiss, uh, uh, Rick James, she was only 17, but she was sexy. All that shit. No one ever says shit about it because they put it in a song. You know, with Winger, she's only 17. Nobody's ever said shit about that. It's in a song and it rocks. No one said, but if you stand on stage, you go, she's only 17, man, but I met this girl, she's 17. But... Like, whoa, what the fuck did you just say? You know what I mean? Because it's a spoken word. And the spoken word, and if it's done correctly, the way we do it, and honestly, the way we, and I'm going to say we as comedians, as an art form, as a collective group, when it's done correctly by the by the greats, it's the greatest 
art form there is. No doubt about it. I mean, we twist words as a spoken word and make you laugh, but it's the truth. Man, it, 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 I, I love it. I still love this game. I, I do too. I love it. And because of people like you to come in and you speak your truth, and I knew you were going to speak your truth, and that's why I love having you on. I mean, I mean it. I love having you, and I love like to see you where, okay, let's see what she's going to talk about. Let's see how it's going to go. You know what I mean? And I mean that because I, I love, because I know what I'm going to get is a direct, just straight up, bam. It's going to be direct in your face, and it's going to be with good vocabulary. I, um, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I was on a show in LA not too, too long ago with uh, Lori Kilmartin, and oh. I, I look up to her so much. Yeah, you know, it was yeah. one of those moments where I was like, this means something to me. I don't care to anyone else. Right. But because of that show, she like mentioned me on her podcast with Jackie Cation yeah, as sure. like kind of the comic of the week or whatever. It was like very unexpected, but right. it was funny when they were like going back and forth talking about me a little bit because Jackie hadn't seen me and she was like, it's really hard to find like any clips from this comic online. We looked or whatever, but Jackie goes... You can definitely tell of what they're, you know, what Hannah does have up. She is not a comedian wandering around the woods looking for a personality or a viewpoint. You know, so like even in what there was, that was the most simple thing that could have been said. And I sat there and I was like, heard. It's all like good. Yeah. I don't care like if it made you laugh or not. Like, oh, like there's a, she, it's fine. You know, there's just like, it it just was an interesting. I I love to watch you gloat. I love to watch you gloat. I mean, I think it's beautiful because you were like, it's almost like seeing a little schoolgirl with the way you just laugh. Well, because it's also females who are like, it's not like I don't take the men seriously at the office, but I don't. Um, you know, I see your jokes. I, I see your faces. I'm like, I'm over it. It's fine. I'm glad you get all the stage time. But it's like there's like the females I actually take like really seriously. So two of them being like, oh, yeah. You know, all day dudes can be like, oh, okay, here's the gas. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, yeah, blah, whatever. But those two, I was like, oh, I'll put this on. Uh, I'll put this on my little brownie scout merit badge collection of just stuff. And I never even flex. Like, you know, like, I mean, I, like I'll flex my abs online. But as far as like what I'm doing, you know, like I just had my first JFL audition. I am sitting down in the next month to get agency and I believe I'm getting two of them so like that's the craziest life-changing shit that there could be but there's no reason to even like gloat about it because I still have to do the work you know I don't think people understand also like when you get the things that you want there's like work involved to get there to maintain are you ready for that though and then beyond are you ready to make that next step for sure no matter what no matter what it encompasses no like I don't even like I probably, right now for the month of July, I might have like five dates down on my calendar. And there's no stress in my life about it. But, you know, by the end of July, when I look at my calendar, I'll probably have done 20 dates at least. You know, but I see that it can come together one day at a time. And that's kind of all we have anyway. And I, you know, that's back to mindfulness and all of that. So... Mm. I just like recognize in those earlier stages of my comedy, I used to calendar cram and I would just be like, oh, you know, you see everything that comes out from everybody else. And you're like, oh, who books that? Yeah. What's that? Where? How's that? And I like a year and a half ago, two years ago, I just kind of got to that place where, you know, I started thinking about some things like, hey, it appears to me, Hannah, that like you're in comedy, you're boundless comedy. You've been a naturally funny person since you were a child and you've got you're fobbed into the office so like at this point maybe just kind of go in 
and then be a good person up there and off of there and see if that doesn't just feel like enough. And it has. And because of that, and just my commitment to like growing as a human being, as it turns out, I stopped looking for gigs and gigs came to me because people see who I am and then want me on stage as instead of like, oh, Hannah had some funny jokes is, you know, it's like people are like, I watch my, I get asked to do a lot of shows, you know, and I understand that it's a privilege and, you know, it's a blessing. And it's like, I don't take any of those things for granted, but I'm just letting you know, it's as viable an option as you going out there and trying to figure out how to get up onto everything is just get up every day, come in, be good and see who's talking about it. Who? We, I never asked you this, but who are like your inspirations in comedy? Like who would, who would you looked up to that was like, ah, like your comedy god that you, that you looked up to? Well, anymore, hardly anyone. You know, even How watching about first like... Out? How about first starting Chappelle, out? Chappelle, for sure. Yeah. He's a person that always made me laugh. Um, his Like the Chappelle show showed me even, you know, me being mixed, like what abilities that we have as a comic to play with the things that we are, you know? So Dave took everyone to the rack and back as far as like what he pushed into, but I never watched him push into anything that wasn't like who he was and whatever until this last special when I just kind of, you know, and no harm, no foul, but just as a comedy fan, that's the least funny special he's had. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you know, I just, I'm like recognizing just certain things and you know, what we choose to like talk about and, and get to, but he's still certainly a person that like, I look forward to meeting Yeah, yeah. along the way, but I don't have a lot of like real comedy heroes the way I think a lot of people at work do. And it's cause I was raised, like I said, heavily religious. So dad got rid of our TV when I was a kid at 10 years old. I wasn't allowed to like listen to anything that was like, secular is the word dad used so it's like even where people are like oh mom let me watch carlin when i was a kid or like whatever i don't know any of those people's bits at all aside from like what i've seen i've like every now and then watched a little prior a little carlin i recognize these people are like genius but i was also a person that was committed to like developing my own sound so i'm actually glad and it's another reason i don't listen to podcasts and i don't watch people's specials because it's like you're just gonna like imitate you're going to start to just like watch what you're watching people do that you want to do and instead of figuring out the way you want to do it you're going to start sounding like jeselnik and that's fine but you're not him so uh you know there's nothing worse than watching like a person that has none of that like regular darkness or snarkiness try to adopt a you know it's like being like hey that shirt doesn't fit you bro yeah but people don't want to hear that. You know? I love that. That Then that way your voice is actually true and unique. Somebody said to me at Laugh Factory the other night, at like a peer, he just was like, no one sounds like you. And I've heard that everywhere. I've heard that at the stand in New York, places where, and I don't say that to be like, oh, look at me. These are just the words people tell me. But it's because I don't, I just have never even want it. It's like, I'm good. I'm like everybody, I'm just happy to express myself. So like everybody else expressing themselves, as long as you're doing no harm, you'll hear nothing out of me. I don't even want to critique my peers anymore. Why? It reminds me of a, a thing by Seal. I mean, it's like no Seal song sounds like anybody else. And, that, and that's why I've always loved Seal. And I think he, either he said that or somebody said that, but none of his songs sound like anything else. And that's why I love Seal. And when you said that, it's like, yeah, 
You know, and, and he talks about how he didn't put the linear notes in his uh, when, back in the CD days. Well, you know, you can read the lyrics because it's your interpretation of the song. And, and it made so much sense because, hey, what's the song about? Well, what do you think it's about? Well, then that's what it's about. I mean, how great is that? Like people always say, "Kiss from a rose." Well, somebody said, you know, it's about love. Some 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 person said it was about cocaine. You know, like a kiss from a rose. I love it. I mean, that's what they said. But he goes, "It's your interpretation of it." And I go, "That's so unique." And I love that. And it's true. It is. It is true. Like a poem, anything, a poem, anything. It's your interpretation of it. So. I've Go also read that. poems as a 10-year-old and read them now again as a 40-year-old and my interpretation has changed. Yes. So the fact that like people also are just holding on to these rigid structures of like how things need to be when they know that day-to-day you change is insanity. Well, I also think that some people, I just feel that some people get to a stage in life and they go, okay, that's it. Enough learning. I really do. I think for th- sure they are. I think they're some doing people- it while they're still in school. That's why half of y'all can't read. And then I'm trying to. I'm using these words, hacky chanting up on stage, and I, you know, it's called somebody, Indiana. It's called somebody Indiana. said that to me the other day too. That's another like I guess compliment someone gave me. Yeah. But you know, where a person was just like. He's like, you're always two steps ahead of everyone on stage. And they spend the entire time trying to catch up to you. But it's fun to watch them run. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's, that's great. Keep pace or don't. But either way, you'll leave yeah. and you're going to have to look something up. I love that. Well, it's like when you talk. I, I, I love it and I hate it. It's a gift and a curse. You start putting out big words like, what did you say? Facilitate and, and lexicon. And I'm like, all right, stop. You know what I mean? If it was a fight, it'd be stopped. Stop it. He's got a sixth grade education. <laughs> That's what it's like. <laughs> like, I like talking to you, but it's like, come on, God damn it. Say some words I talk, you know? Say Fine, motherfucker here I can here do that too. You know, I know you can. I can do still. that too. I just, you know, once again, here we are. There's, I can, I know for a fact we're being piped to the outside. I can see. Yeah. Everybody trying to walk by with their whole food sandwiches, and I'm really just trying not to HPV their day, you know. But if you want me to, BT, I can. If you want me to turn into the last of Brohicans right here, I'll make you think that I started Barstool. How can you HPV their day? Explain that to me. I just meant like peppering in an HPV reference. Or, I mean, I guess if they were to touch me, I don't think it's passed that way. I don't think HPV is skin-to-skin contact. In fact... You know, like I've said on stage, like I was diagnosed with HPV in my young 20s. I just like just had started banging, went to a nurse practitioner, you know, or just whatever to get my yearly pap smear. And she waltzed into a room in Terre Haute and was like, you down with HPV? Because you got to be. You got it, silly slut. You know me. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) And then now here I am almost 40 joking about it the other day, like I said. And I was like, dudes, don't even worry about HPV. From what I can tell, I was like, now all the young sluts have a vaccine available and, you know, my reading says that it pretty much can just like dissipate into the air like the angels share off a whiskey barrel. So like just, you know, and even if it doesn't, even if your body is riddled with HPV, guess what? I scream about it on stage and people after are like, we'll enlist. Go ahead. We'll come home with you right now and pick it up. (laughs) So your dirt balls, all of you and I love you and, you know. I think the Mexicans even had a vaccine almost out for HPV and we put them in cages. So sit in your sins, everybody. We could be better, but we don't want it. <laughs> I think it's a good place to end, right? Is there. that better? Is that where you wanted to be? <laughs> That's a great place. <laughs> That's a good Let's come off of God right down into the troughs. Uh. <laughs>
That's a good place to end it right there. Are you happy with Don't it? Don't even worry about it, like I said. Are you happy Kobe with it? Kobe numbers. Are you happy with it? I'm always happy I'm with never, it, V2. God damn it. I love you, baby. Even if we liked, if we ended on a plane crash, I'd leave here. <laughs> well, I, I saw you coming in. again. Oh. I, was, I saw you coming Ooh. in with your bag. I go, what the fuck? She came in. She, you came in like... A stripper, a roller, like I a know. stripper, like about to do like, okay, and who's the birthday boy? You know what I mean? Because I was like, what the fuck is she doing? You the had toys. the glasses on, a big ass bag. And I was like, oh boy, is it, is it Wyatt's birthday? You know what I mean? That's what I thought. I mean, that's the way you rolled in and, uh, you know, you do your thing. Well, on the road, dude. Well, hell. I gotta have what I need at all times. I'm glad you're here. I'm happy too. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. No, I mean that, man. I was, I was happy last night and, you know, I was making sure it was you and, uh, because I, I got to show you something off the air. I'm going to show you something. I look forward to it. Yeah. I mean, it's not like that, but it, yeah, we got to gotta show you. It's weird. Isn't that right, Wyatt? Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, it's it, like, uh, yeah, me too. It's really weird. So yeah, I'm going to show you. But anyway, anyway. So anything you want to um, tell the people before we get out here? Per usual. I mean, not much to see online, but my body. But I am <laughs> at Handerpump Rules on the socials, like the stupid reality show Vanderpump, but H-A-N Handerpump. Um, yeah, that's my Twitter, uh, IG, OF, uh, I've got an album coming out probably later in the summer, like I said, called Asian American Psycho with 800 pound gorilla. And otherwise I'm just touring. I'm just out and about in and out of Chicago and New York and coming to a city near you. So, well, thank you so much. I mean, that. if you want to see the truth. Come see my girl, Hannah. Thank you so much for joining us, Hannah. Yeah, for I, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. You are, you are the sunshine. You really are. And thanks he has for, an affection for me. <laughs> I'm going to leave that one alone. Hey, I'm BC. This is Hannah. Thank you guys for watching Tales from a Gemini. And like I said about this time, you know the word. Peace.